Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 4 in the books. It's uh, time for Only Got One Season Left, the Game of Thrones reaction podcast. And while it wasn't the Battle of Winterfell and a crazy death and dying everywhere, I, I really enjoyed this episode. John Horford is my co-host. John, I want to kind of go through this episode from chronological order, from the start to the finish. And I think it finished on a high note. We do need to talk about John v. Danny and where alliances are being drawn. But just overall thoughts on the episode before we go through it. Fuck you, Game of Thrones. <laughs> you didn't like this one either? Dude, they're not. I, there's no way George R. R. Martin is happy with what they're doing to Game of Thrones. Um, the cat... I don't think the cast is happy either. Someone sent me um, some video clips of them doing interviews, and obviously they can't say anything mm-hmm. that would that would really give away what's going to happen, how it's going to finish, anything of that nature. But they've been dropping hints that they're unhappy about it too. We just have to wait till the season's over to hear them voice those opinions. I, I think everything's rushed. I don't like it. Um, I, I and that's okay. I like it. I love the show. I really do. But I'm just, a part of me is just not happy with the way that it's going um, for for a lot of reasons. We let, Let's just, like you said, start at the beginning. Let's, let's get right into it. All right, we should add John is on uh, a cell phone this week. He's out in Boston. This is not the normal arrangement, but uh, we're going to power through and hopefully have no issues with spotty cell service out there. But uh, I, I wanted to start with right at the start of the episode, you have the dead bodies from the Battle of Winterfell all laid out there and I noted this immediately. John is the one to deliver the speech talking about all of their contributions and how they should never be forgotten for this generation and generations to come. I noted that it was John because immediately I'm aware of this Danny John thing. John was the leader in that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was, yeah. He was was the Lord Commander, uh, again, for a brief moment. And he even incorporated, you know, the the Night's Watch farewell, um, you know, into his uh, his eulogy. But obviously, you know, Danny's Danny's not having any of that. He, even then, I mean, you could tell that everyone was mourning, but there's still something so off about it. We've been talking about it all season, just and and I know you don't like talking about it because that's your girl and and your picks end up. Be on very careful. Bro, Be very careful, John Horford. She's she's. Her true self is not she's she's not a good ruler. She won't be a good ruler. She's so power hungry and mad if John just wants what's best for the people and cares about the people genuinely, you know. Danny shouldn't care how many people die. Speaking of people who died, there was not enough dead bodies. I agree with you. It it felt like what, we got six pallets out here? Nine pallets out here? Where where are all the bodies? The only explanation I have close. Well, once they became dead. Once they became the the whites, right? They shatter upon death. So those are the bodies that were left after he rose up the first batch. That's what of I think. Allied troops. 
I mean, I guess if that's the case, um, you know, that could be a little loophole there. That makes sense. Um, and then did you hear, by the way, in the episode, they said they lost half the army. Does that half. seem, yeah, does half. that seem right? Yeah, they said half. Get out of here. Grey Worm. How dare, like, I love Grey Worm. How dare you say half? And I know it's a, a line he has to say, but we all saw you, like, sacrifice, like, essentially, I'd say 90% of your men. I would agree. Yeah, some will pull back to the castle, but... He was like, you know, he's like, protect the retreat, protect the retreat. And he, like, contemplated that moment, and he just, he let them all go. And then they're like, oh, we have half. And then how many Dothraki are actually left? Like, Did we see any Dothraki? Like, I didn't see any. Yeah. Yeah, there were some. There was one at the War Council table. Okay, um, but there were none when they were at the at King's Landing at the end. It was just unsullied. That was it. Yeah. So I don't know. So I, maybe all, they just weren't on the ships. Well, five Dothraki, ten Dothraki. <laughs> It's, it's something else in Ghost. How the fuck is Ghost still alive? What did you make of John's... That, that's early in the episode, too. What did you make of John's decision to just give Ghost up? Dude, you don't just give away a dire wolf, especially one that you're connected to. Like, there's supposed to be with, uh, you know, the Starks and their dire wolves, like a deeper type connection. That that could also be foreshadowing that, you know, John's intention is to return north. And, you know, maybe when he returns north, he reunites with Ghost. But he didn't even pet him or say goodbye or anything. John, this is your king. This is your king who doesn't even pet his dog, who gives his dog away, his wolf away. Gave him a spam. Hey, hey, I'm I'm fairly objective. So I'm I'm not only going to point out John's, like, you know, positive qualities. That was definitely a huge, huge no. Huge no. Can we point out that, that John has really dumb judgment in general, specifically in battle, but it's not like he's this... Slam dunk of a ruler that uh, that the, that Varys thinks he is that this little fraction within the the camp believes. Like let's let's point out that John's been betrayed by his people multiple times, right? I mean, I, let's not act like he's uh, this holier than thou. Nobody can touch him. The, there's not even a, a debate about who the ruler should be. Because I put up a poll question on my Twitter after the show, at, at Jim Costa underscore, and I said, who should be the ruler? Who would be the best ruler of Westeros? It's like 70% of you guys said John. Yeah, and they're right. I thought it was good early in the show to see Danny make Gendry a lord right away. I think that showed you why she's capable of being a very good leader. You have to be able to, to bring allies aboard, and she did that all through Essos, and you can see she's trying to do that now that she's in Westeros. Making Gendry a lord, who, as Tyrion points out, is now loyal to her. Keeps the Baratheon yeah. line going, keeps a major family on board. Danny does a lot of the politicking that I don't think John wants to do. Yeah, but only an idiot doesn't realize what she's doing. She doesn't care about Gendry. She doesn't care about their. She doesn't care about the Baratheon line. She she doesn't. It's about it's about allies. It's about making someone happy so they're loyal to her. John would do something like that just to make the dude feel good, or just because it's the right thing to do. Danny, if she didn't have a way to benefit from that, would not do it. That's the difference. I think the thing that bothers me about John's case for rulers, not that he wouldn't be a fine ruler. I think they've pointed out co-rulers would be great. I don't think he would do a bad job. But this idea that he would be a better ruler because he, quote-unquote, doesn't want it. Don't you kind of have to want a leadership role? 
Like whether that's your your boss, if your boss doesn't want to be your boss, if your coach doesn't want to be your coach, if your captain doesn't want to be your captain, is that really a good thing? Because there are tough decisions you have to make as a leader. And it feels like Danny wants to make those tough calls, wants to be in that position, whereas is John reluctant? Is John willing to make all of these tough choices that you have to as a leader? I would ask that question. Then I would ask you, will his decisions be right? Because Battle of the Bastards, really dumb call, right? You here's, look- what, here's what you'll know about his decisions, though. They'll be, you know, with the people's best interest in mind. Danny's decisions will always be based on what is going to get her the Iron Throne. Like, she's literally, she's absolutely, like, mad. Why do you mad. think she's mad? I don't think she's mad at all. I mean, she's ticked off right now because she just lost a dragon and because Sansa was threatening not to bring soldiers south. But she has spoke in this show time and time again about breaking the wheel, about ending the tyrant's rule. We don't know what's going to happen once she gets the throne. Yeah, she's power hungry to get it because she believes she can be positive change once she's there. I think we're making assumptions that she's going to be this awful ruler. And I, that's what I'm not here for. I don't think she's going to be an awful ruler, but I think she would turn into a cruel ruler at times. Like she does. She but does don't you have to sometimes? You can't be the good guy to everybody. You can't, and even John cut off heads, but and and hung people. But Danny's so power hungry and keeping her power. What kind of paranoia do you see? Like, she's going to be paranoid the whole time. Like, oh, people, they don't respect my claim. They're coming after me. Like, she's going to be a wreck. And Varys, who has, and as Tyrion said, you know, like, what is that? Like, the sixth or seventh time you switch sides? Like, Varys has seen, you know, more of these people intimately than almost anyone else. And he's like, dude, she is not the one. I thought she might have been. I told you, I'm, my, my job is to serve the realm. Varys is kind of slimy, though, because he said he would tell Danny if he ever questioned her ability. He, he did. Yeah, but then when he's considering switching sides, like, that's treason. That, that's, you can't look Danny in the eye, what, one season, two seasons ago, and say, he, he you're the girl? He serves the realm. He said that. He said he serves the realm, and he said he would talk to her. And yeah, dude, if, they, if him and Tyrion would have been there, she would have just stormed King's Landing and killed a ton of people. Like she, that was literally the route she was going to go. And they're like, right, can we advise you against that? They brought all the people into the Red Keep for a reason, because she wants you to mow them down on your way to her. So all the people hate you forever. But then she listened to her advisors who said, offer her a truce, knowing Cersei won't take it. And now you have the high ground where if there is bloodshed, if there is burning, if there are, as Tyrion put it, children burning alive, you gave Cersei the out. It is no longer on you what happens inside those walls. So that was a good compromise. Okay, let's talk about this then. How about about John and Danny, one, embracing incest, two, her freaking out and saying, you can't tell anyone who you really are. Wasn't she right, though? And you have to swear them to secrecy because I will never be able to be like the unquestioned ruler while you have the better claim. Even though he is a man of freaking honor, he has never shown anything other than that. And he got on his knees and was like, you are my queen. I gave my word to you. And she's like, 
I don't give a fuck. Well, because don't tell anyone. And it's already too late. Everyone, by next episode, everyone's going to know he's Aegon Targaryen. But that's what I'm like telling Harry you. Said. So with Danny, yeah, it's very insecure. Like, I, here's here's where I take off the, the pro Danny hat for a second. Yeah, it's very insecure for her to say that. But at the same time, <laughs> she's right. She is right. She trusts John, but everybody else is going to prop him up, and you saw that in the second half of the episode last night. He, she was also right that if you tell Sansa and Arya, they're your family, but they're going to tell everybody. Danny was right. Danny read that situation to a T. So, like, you can tell me she's bad, this, that, and the other. She, she does have that foresight. She does see things before they happen. She sees where things are going. And so, can we talk about Sansa, by the way? You swore that you wouldn't tell anybody, right? And immediately tells Tyrion. Like, starts a group chat, includes all her friends. Hey, everybody, did you hear this news about Jon Snow? For the people who love Sansa, go defend your girl. Tell me what that was right there. Well, one, Sansa's absolutely not my girl. Two, yeah, she can't be trusted, but she's smart. Like, they gave us a little scene with her and the hound to preface this, right? Mm-hmm. They gave us a scene with her and the hound where the hound's like, if you would have just came with me, none of this would have happened to you. She's like, yeah, but if none of this would have happened to me, I, I would still be the little bird. Like, she had to go through all these hardships and, you know, literally getting raped and beaten and essentially sold off to gain the level of knowledge and insight that she has now. She's not doing this on accident. None of them trust Danny as the leader. She spread that to Tyrion because she knew Tyrion would run his mouth to someone else and someone else would run their mouth to someone else. And she doesn't want Danny on the throne. Yeah, but as a result, she betrayed John. She betrayed John's confidence. For what she thinks is for what she thinks will be best for the people. Because she thinks John will be a better ruler for the people. I thought Tyrion hit ruler for the people. I thought Tyrion hit the nail on the head when he said, Sansa, you're determined to dislike Danny. Determined. It doesn't matter what Danny does. She will always hate her. She won't trust her because she's an outsider. And I think that's wrong to just inherently distrust someone from the get-go because they're not from where you live. And that's been Sansa's sure. MO from the beginning. The way Danny was looking at John when they were all surrounding him, like, yes, people are naturally drawn to him. And Tormund's like, he came back from the dead. Like, he never stopped fighting. The king in the north, like, he's just wasted out of his mind and upset that Jamie took Brianna, you know, steal her virginity. Yeah. Um, just reeling from that. Um, and she struggled. She was looking at him, like, instead of, like, it's someone that she loves. It's someone that she wants to be with. And instead of, like, being proud of that person, could you imagine you doing what you're supposed to do to the best of your ability and your significant other or wife just staring at you, like, seething with, like, rage and envy? What kind of relationship is that? It's sick. All right, let's. Let, we got way off track. You mentioned uh, Brienne losing her V card. I want to get to that, but let's back up. Gendry and Arya. How badass for Arya, by the way? <laughs> just sitting there shooting, shooting arrows, basically shooting free throws after winning a big game. Just sitting there, kind of flexing after destroying the Night King. And there's Gendry, all bright eyed and bushy tailed, and he shows up and says, "Arya, great news! I'm gonna be a lord. You're gonna be my lady. Let's go!" And you just know right away that Arya has no interest in that life. Yeah, she literally looks disgusted, like semi-disgusted, but like in a kind way. Yeah, like, like like almost pity. It's like when like a, a four year old tries to make you dinner 
and they're like so proud of it and they want you to eat it and you're just like, oh, sweetheart, like, mm, no, not, no, never in a million years. No, but th- like, listen, some lady would be lucky to have you though. Yeah, like, ugh, that was tough. That was tough. But we all know people like that. I mean, that one time, you got hooked up one time and you just absolutely fall in love and essentially propose to this girl. And Aria is who Aria is. She's, she's a, She's a faceless man. She's a warrior. She has no interest in in that life. She says to the hound she has no plans to come back north. Did you pick up on that? They're both riding south, and and he goes, I don't have plans to come back here. I'm pretty sure she said, neither do I. So I don't know if this is a a quest to kill Cersei and then not still live in the north. I don't know what Arya's life is going to lead, but... I don't think she's destined, like she said, to just sit in one place and put on a fancy gown and attend meetings. That's not who she is. Yeah. No, I thought that was very true to her character. Uh, the other thing, you, you speak of hooking up one time and falling in love. Jamie Brienne, let's talk about that. You already mentioned it. She loses her virginity. Jamie's the one. It feels kind of fitting with, with the way their characters are, going all the way back to when she was charged with transporting him as a prisoner and, and the fact that he lost his hand to protect her from being raped back then and basically keeping her innocence. But yeah. then at the end of the episode, Jamie's like, you know who I am. You know what I'm about. You should know more than anybody. I'm crazy about that Cersei girl. So, uh, deuces. Yeah. So part of me want, initially I was like, Oh man, that sucks. He's going back to Cersei. And then I thought about it and no, this is definitely a, a plan where Jamie's going to, I think Jamie's going to end up being the one to kill Cersei. I think he's going back and, I, I don't think he switched sides again. I, I think he's still on, you know, the our, the side that we consider the good side. Well, why do you say that? Because I, I put in my notes that I sent you, which side is Jamie on? Because he only came north to fight the undead because it was a threat to humanity. Now that it's just human versus human, his allegiance has always been with Cersei, especially because he believes his child is inside of Cersei. Well, it definitely is his child inside of Cersei. Um so then why but, is he going to kill her? And like, what, who does he, the Starks? I mean, I'm sure he thinks she, they're fine people. He fought alongside them. evil. She's a psychopath. She set Bronn down to kill them. But so is he, right? He said that. He goes, I would have killed all of these people for Cersei. Yes, but here's the thing. Cersei will not trust him. There's no way Cersei accepts him back after he's been with the people in the North. She, she, there's no way. She will never accept him, and he knows that. He knows that. There's a great battle coming up between Euron and, and Jamie, right? For sure. Also, real quick, real quick. Yeah. And, and I know it fast forwards a little bit, but it ties in when we just talked about the baby part. Tyrion telling <laughs> Cersei that, you know, you have something to live for. Like, you actually love your children. Like, as evil and crazy as you fucking are, you've always loved your children. Like, and I know you're pregnant. And no red flag, Euron. No red flags, like, that obviously means that it's not yours, bro. Like, they just came from the north, which is, like, supposedly supposed to take, like, a month to go from from uh, Winterfell to, like, King's Landing. Yeah, I had the same thought. Euron's got to be doing that math in his head. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying like, three. Just, like, it's like, wait, we just had that. You haven't seen him. Um yeah, no, the kid's not yours, Euron. No, and it, listen, if, at this point, if he doesn't figure it out, it's his own stupid fault. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there's too much in these next two episodes, I guess, to really like delve into that deep. But um, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm working through my list here. We already did Sansa's Regina George, blah blah blah. 
Um, <laughs> she is, though, right? Caddy, spreading rumors, gossip. She's power hungry, too. Nobody wants to acknowledge that with Sansa. It's only Danny. Danny's the only calculated. caddy one. She's calculated. So is Regina George, John. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do love Mean Girls. I do. Um, we lost a dragon in this episode. Fast forward a little bit, get into that final oh. 20 or so minutes. Did you like how it happened? Because I, I think it happened so abruptly, it was hard to process. No, but do you remember when I... Dude, in one of the first episodes I said that, I said, they're just going to make a million scorpions and just light the dragons up. And that's essentially what they did. It was so easy. What I wrote down in my notes was, is it that easy to kill a dragon? And did they not see their ships coming? Like, they're, like, shocked. Like, he had not his whole fleet, but he had, what, 10, 12 ships right there? You didn't see those ships? Well, it makes sense. Territory. It makes sense that uh, the other ships wouldn't see it because it was around a cove. But if you were flying a dragon high yeah. in the air, it wouldn't matter if there was a cove or a valley. Exactly. You would have seen it. Yes. So I'm just like, were you not looking around? I, yeah, it, it feels like negligence. Like, care about your kids more. Well, and then it gets smoked. Like, not once, not twice, then it headshot and then falls into the water. And you're right, it does make you think, how is Drogon going to survive? Because you saw King's Landing at the end. They've got those things around the entire city and all it takes yeah. is one well-placed shot or several that are just close and you only I, have I one think, dragon i think they're going to outfit him with some type of armor or something because um in the preview for the next episode you hear the dragons roar and last time when you looked at euron's eyes right he saw the dragons and he was like he was like he was excited and happy like yes like it was like he was almost like getting off from it and this time when he sees it the look on his face is completely different. Do you notice that? Yeah, I. So I didn't watch the pre. I always do. And last night I did not watch the preview for the next episode. Oh yeah, he, his face looks like a. It's like a oh fuck face. Like oh fuck. So something like, something's up with the dragon that they. It's like a, a curveball. They've they've got something ready for this fight because I I was looking yeah. at it thinking. I love having three dragons. I don't know about having <laughs> one dragon where one shot ends it. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed. With, I'm, I'm honestly pretty pissed. Um, and here's another thing. So they didn't have the technology to create scorpions back then. Like uh, one of my friends sent me a meme, and it was just like, it was like, how did, um, crap, who was the guy who, it was Aegon, right? The original Aegon who conquered the Seven Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the fuck did Aegon conquer anything? Like these dragons die so easy. And Or maybe that's what... Um, 
because apparently Aegon was never able to conquer Dorne. Maybe that's what Dorne did. They just like lined their walls with like uh, scorpions, like essentially, and, and kept the dragons out. Because dude, they went. The dragons have gone down pretty easy, pretty easy. I'm fine with the dragon dying, uh, Viserion, right? I'm fine with no um, Rhaegal. No, excuse me, Viserion was the, the the Night King's dragon. Yeah, I'm cool with Rhaegal dying because we've seen that these dragons aren't uh, invincible, right? We've we've kind of been led to show that based on the way the first dragon died. So I'm fine with Danny losing another dragon and adding some drama for the final battle at King's Landing. I just wish it would have died in a way that, from a plot standpoint, made a little more sense. You're right, like. They see the ships coming. Danny acknowledges the ships. Maybe some hubris causes her to fly in. They don't realize these cannons, these scorpions are on the ships. Or just have the dragon die early in the Battle of King's Landing. Like, oh, no, they have all these scorpions. Like, th- that should have been executed better. I'm fine with a dragon dying. I'm fine with us going down to one dragon for the final battle. I mean, he didn't even take out a ship or anything. Not even a guy. No. Nothing. No, and now John doesn't, and that's the other thing, John doesn't get to ride a dragon again. Yeah. We're done that's with that. Strange. That's strange, too. That I mean, that's how you can tell they're on the outs. Because, you know, he didn't ride the dragon down. He decided to take the long way down. That's, a, that's another thing. I didn't, I didn't, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize that. I just took him at face value. Oh, the dragon needs to rest. No, that was, you can sleep on the couch. That's what that was. That was Danny oh, going. a thousand percent. Yep. Like, like, uh, like Torman said, he's like, you weigh less than two fleas fucking. <laughs> what, do you, like, what do you mean weigh down the dragon? Yeah. yeah, the dragon, the dragon, like, she was like, oh, they've only had 17 sheep and 20 goats today. And she's like, they're not eating. I was like, holy crap. Like, like that's not eating? These you things, remember that? These things can pack it on. Uh, anything yeah. else? Nope. Oh, we got to talk about Missandei dying. But uh, your thoughts on how the peace accord was delivered. I think that was some epic television at the very end. Yeah. Tyrion, they, Tyrion finally, he must have... Uh, a few months into filming, was just like, you guys need to give me some better fucking lines. And he, his dialogue was better this episode. And his little back and forth with Kyburn bypassing her, going to talk to Cersei, that was good. But another thing real quick about Miss Sande, like, of all the people, she's just the one that gets, like, captured. I was that, man, I don't know. It just did not sit well with me. Did not sit well with me. Well, she's not. She's like a very peaceful person. She's not even. She's not a warrior. She's not a fighter. She's. She's counsel. I know? thought it was sad that she died in chains. The, the symbolism yeah, there of yeah. If, she, I, I wrote that down in my notes. Yeah, she was a former slave. Yep, and she died essentially a slave. Yeah, and she was the the voice of that that group right i mean th- this is a bunch of unsullied these soldiers that knew nothing but fighting she was very literally the warmth for for gray worm and helped humanize that group of people a lot more helped you relate to them a little more as a character and it's so sad you knew that gray worm and miss Sande weren't going to end up on narth on a beach sipping pina coladas you just knew it wasn't going to go that way i think the assumption was gray worm would die last episode she would mourn him instead it's the other way around and he has to now fight for her and mourn her, and I don't know if even Grey Worm survives this season. I hope that he does. I, I think that he just turns into an absolute beast, and I, I truly think he goes after the mountain now. 
Um, and we see that we've, we've seen the Mountain be vulnerable before. Um, what's his face from uh, Dorn? Oberyn. Yeah. Oberyn, you know, he had the Mountain done. You know, he just got a little cocky. He should have just stabbed him in the head and been done with it. I, I think Grey Worm fully goes after the mountain now. There's no way. Like, you could just see, like, the disgust, like, how hurt he was by that. And he knows exactly who did it. He's he's going full beast mode. But again, you mentioned him, Oberon, one of my favorite characters, and he only lasted for eight, nine episodes, if not even that. He also died, though, because he got cocky because he fought for love because he let his guard down i don't know if gray worm will do that but it does feel like it's set up for the mountain and the hound to fight so it, it makes me think gray worm is going to fight admirably is going to have the edge and is going to die to the mountain so that the hound can have that fight because you you heard the hound say he has one thing left that will make him happy and then he rides to king's landing isn't the assumption that he wants to fight the hound or the, the mountain i mean yeah 100 100 cool game balls been you know, it's, it's so we're gonna see it. So if we're gonna see we it, then Grey Worm can't win. Grey Worm has to have some type of redemption. If they don't give Grey Worm redemption, I'm gonna be. You there, John? More upset than I already am. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, you cut out. You said if they if they kill if they don't let him redeem himself, and then you paused. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dramatic sorry, pause. Sorry, yeah. How will you feel if they if they don't give him a redemption moment? I'm I'm done with this show. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, let, let's back up. Why didn't you like this episode? Because you said that right off the gate. We just talked through all of it. What what rubs you the wrong way with Game of Thrones right now? As a guy who's watched this show several times through from the beginning, it eats eats up the theories, watches it every week, looks forward to it every week. Where have they gone wrong? I think they're trying so hard to not be predictable and to try to, you know, oh, you think we're going to do this or we're going to do this? from what made it great. The fact that they even ended the Night King the way that they did after building it up from the pilot was an absolute joke. An absolute joke. Almost unforgivable. Truly. No mention of the Night King, by the way, in this episode. He's just, he's done. He's out. That's it. Awful. Horrible. I hate it. Why did they rush the season? If the actors are upset about it, too... That's what everyone, you know, that was the only thing that made sense to me was that, you know, all oh, the actors just getting big now, so they are moving on to, you know, uh, other things and whatever. That's fine. Their lives. But it doesn't, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like they're all, they all love this very much. They're all extremely invested. Why? Why rush it? They rush this, and I hate it. It's, it's really, it's really upsetting a little, actually. Episode um, one is too slow, and now episode four is too fast. Is that what you're saying? Because I remember we said it was slow early. Yeah, there's just not enough. We're not getting enough answers. We're not getting the answers. So it ties into, you know, them being too slow and not getting us answers and them trying to rush over things so fast that we don't get the answers that we need. I need an answer for why the Night King did what he did, why they chose that person, why he turned against uh, the children of the forest. You know, what is ultimate, what happens when he turns everyone into mindless zombies? We we don't know that he was the ever-looming presence from the very, very beginning of the series, and he's just dropped off the face of the earth completely. Un- it's, it's unforgivable. I want to know what Bran's purpose is now. 
We've got two episodes left. How do they complete what he's doing? I don't know. I think he's just going to go throughout history and just look up like the coolest models of wheelchairs and <laughs> get them made. He was like, "Yeah, this is a this is actually a model, a Targaryen model from a hundred and whatever years ago." I'm just like, "Dude, Brand, is that like, is that what he looks at when he when he was in the God's Wood and he was like completely disconnected, just off on one of his visions? Do you think he was like going through history and just looking for like cool things he could build that have been built before for himself?" He's like, "Hey, watch this is pimp my wheelchair." He's got an exhibit with him, and they're just looking back through some of the models. The Night King's definitely in a brand. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the purpose of brand is anymore. I, I don't. We've got two episodes left. I, I didn't watch the preview. Tell me uh, what they showed us. Man, that the Euron part was what sticks out the most, and um, obviously they're they're preparing for battle, and essentially that's that's what I remember. All right, before we before we get out of here, make your case for the best ruler of of Westeros. You know who the best ruler is. It's Jon Snow. Compelling case. That is a compelling case. I've been making my case all season. He cares about the people. He doesn't want power. And I know you say that it's an issue that he doesn't want the power. But him not wanting power is why he'll be a great ruler. Because it will never be about more power. It'll be about how can I, okay, I hate this. But while I'm here, let me do some good. Who can I help? Danny is, oh, who can I help so they will want to help me in return? How can I keep this throne? I need the throne. I need the throne. And even after learning that she doesn't have the better claim, John if John, would, if John learned that he didn't have the better claim and he was going for something, he would totally, he would totally give it up. Danny does not care. She's power-hungry and selfish and not the right ruler. Varys is right. I don't care that he switched sides with seven times. If John were to get the throne while Danny is alive, it would ruin his character. So Danny would have to die for John to end up on the throne because he's not going to yeah. forsake his oath or his honor. So unless it'll work, it'll work perfectly. So you think Danny's going to die? Yes. Yeah, so Next episode or the last episode? I don't know. I don't know, but that was my prediction since our first episode. Yeah. No, you did. Danny's going to die, and John's going to be the ruler. That's the first thing you texted me last night was your girl's going to die. Yeah, your girl's going to die. But here's the thing. I have a feeling that they're going to have to redeem herself, right? I have a feeling she's going to be dying, and she's going to get like a John Egret moment, and it's going to be – It's not. Well, hopefully it's not that brief for the fucking Holly shooting her, but – I think she's going to apologize for being so power hungry and not just being more understanding and more caring and seeing the bigger picture. She doesn't see the big picture. She's very, she has, she very much so has tunnel vision. She has tunnel vision. I want to defend her a little bit. And I know I have throughout this show that we've done and a little bit throughout this episode, but I think the reason she's quote unquote power hungry is she believes she can impact positive change when she gets the throne in a way that no other character can. I believe her ceiling is the highest as a ruler because she will make the tough calls. She does put people first. You look at the people she unslaved along the way. She didn't do that just because of her army. I mean, there were people in Marine that were not going to be beneficial to her once she got to Westeros, but she freed them anyway because it was the right thing to do. She's the character that has spoke of breaking the wheel. In other words, once she ascends to power, through some messy means, 
through some questionable means, maybe maybe through some deaths that we're not happy about. She doesn't want people to die, but she knows it's a sacrifice for the greater good because once she's there, she can rule in a way that is beneficial for everybody. I think she believes that the ends justify the means. And I don't think she's committed some crazy sin. If, if people die in battle fighting for a better ruler, I mean, that's the history of everything everywhere. If she truly is that great ruler, it'll all be worth it. That's fair, but take this into consideration. Varys was, when Varys and Tyrion were talking, Varys mentioned, um, or maybe it was Tyrion who mentioned it, how Daenerys wouldn't want to share the throne and then them rule as king and queen, um, even if she had the upper hand. But that would not be something she would be interested in, right? That's another indicator of what kind of person she truly is. She's seen how the people love John and how he's a good, loyal, hardworking, sacrificial-type man. And she and her advisors, her strongest advisors, her greatest advisors still know that she wouldn't be able to share the throne because she needs the glory for herself. And that's why she will never have it. Last episode was a giant battle. Next episode is going to be a giant battle. I have a feeling I'm going to like the battle this time around more than I did in the third episode. And I, I, I am in. Okay, you agree with me too, because I think we both were a little unsatisfied with the Battle of Winterfell. You a lot more than me. I certainly had my my druthers with it. You want to give me yeah. just let's end on this. Your your odds. Who's got the edge in the final fight? Because it does feel like Danny's outnumbered. She only has one dragon. Her army's not all there yet. They're still arriving. Cersei has the golden company. She has the the, the advantage of being on the defending side. So she's inside the castle walls. They've fortified the castle. She's got the people who are on her side. They don't know who this this dragon girl is who's going to burn them alive. It does feel like that Cersei has a pretty big edge. It does, and Cersei's willing to sacrifice all the people in King's Landing, which are a million people, but Cersei can't win. One other quick point. Mm-hmm. Did you realize Did you realize last episode, did we talk about, we didn't talk about this in the episode, but did you realize that John was the one who made it, made it, possible for Arya to kill the Night King? In what way? John, when he turns and it seems like he's going to sacrifice himself to the dragon, if you listen closely, he's saying go, go, go. He's distracting the dragon who is guarding the godswood so Arya could sneak by. And the next scene is the hair of the general, like like getting like whistling in the wind. Yeah. And her jumping up and stabbing. I didn't even realize that. I thought that she was there the whole time, like in the God's Woods, kind of like hiding somewhere and just jump from somewhere. That's not the case. She runs by. John distracts the dragon and is screaming for her to go. You should go back and watch. It's really crazy. I'm going to do that. The other thing I will tell people, John, I do get messages about the show. Like I got a bunch on Twitter and I got a bunch in email. But the problem is they all come in after this episode and then we're back on recapping five. So what I'm going to tell people to do is, I am reading your messages. I am interacting with these messages. Can you send them in like Sunday night or Monday morning? Because they're going to be all about the episode we just watched. I mean, that's going to be a lot better than getting reactions to episodes from a week and change. So that's at Jim Costa underscore on Twitter or Jim Costa at iHeartMedia.com. 
We'll be back next week talking about uh, episode five, the penultimate episode. And if you guys know this as Game of Thrones fans, this is typically where the season swings. This is where big deaths happen. You look at Ned Stark was uh, season one, episode nine. The Red Wedding was season three, episode nine. When the Sept Baylor blew up, episode nine of season six. So this is the second to last episode. This should be a really good one. And we'll, re- we'll be recapping it all next week on Only Got One Season Left. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.